Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Wednesday, June 14th, 2023. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing, Adelaide Jr. Joining me is host of WWE's This Is Awesome, a.k.a. WWE Superstar, Greg Miller. Hello, Blessing. How are you? Doing good, Greg. How are you doing this morning? Good. Can't complain. You know? Yeah, yeah got easy it. Easy drive in, easy morning. Yeah, easy morning, as I told you when I got here. Well, first off, I came around the corner and saw you hosting. I was like, all right, well, I texted Tim for no reason, telling him I was going to be late because I had to help Jen at the house. But everything's fine. Everything's good. I mean, you wake up mm-hmm. the day after seeing the hierarchy of power in the DCEU mm. change one more time with the Flash. You're going to be feeling pretty good. Where can people hear about that? You're going to hear about it on, of course, DCEU in review, uh, posting, I think, on Friday, right? So you can have it after you watch it on the show. I'm, hold on, I'm looking at our calendar here. There you go. Posting on Friday. There you go. Get hyped for that. I watched that movie too. I don't know how much I can say, but I had a well, fun they, time. I mean, they just asked us not to spoil it. I think you, you, okay. can, you can review it and say what you thought, but I mean, just don't be like, yo, at the end, it turns out he's a chicken. Okay, cool. Thank God, because I did put a score on it on Letterboxd. Not, not enough people follow me on Letterboxd. So oh, like, no, you're fine with that. Totally over there all no, the time. Reviews are out for Flash. They oh, just, okay. They were like, Perfect. just don't spoil it. Pretty good There's movie. A, yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. I was very surprised. Yeah. I had a really fun time during that movie. I, at, it's funny because I watched the flashpoint animation or yeah. animated movie a long long time yeah. ago and i think i forgot that i watched that movie sure so you're like watching this seems familiar yeah and i'm like man familiar. i kind of like i kind of like where this is going i'm like oh wait this is just that like oh man this is actually a really really neat way of doing it by the time i got to the end of it i thought they did that animated movie justice i thought they did that story ju- no pun intended they did it justice and so i was i was very happy with you're gonna it. have a banger dceu in review i think when we get there of yeah. course as we near the end of dceu in review before we move to dcu in review mm-hmm. Now, how are you feeling? Because, of course, we went through, we went to Summer Game Fest. We've reacted to a, oh. a billion different showcases. I, can I had this yesterday in, off. <laughs> I, I can summarize this in one sentence. Today, yeah. me, Jen, and Ben are cuddling on the couch as we do, watching an episode of Bluey while Ben has his milk. And I, I leaned over to Jen, and I was like, can you believe it's only Tuesday? And she goes, that's because you didn't have a weekend, and it's Wednesday. <laughs> God. Like, ah, right, 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 right. All day yesterday, I was like, man, I can't believe I only have two days left in the week. I thought, all day yesterday, I thought it was Wednesday. Yeah. And I couldn't fathom that I had I mean, welcome to, to I, I, welcome to, as real as it's going to get, I guess, but a real E3. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. that is the telltale sign of E3. When you wake up, and you're like, I don't, I just do what's on the calendar, but I don't pay attention to the yeah. day and nothing makes See, sense. Yesterday and- I messaged you, I, I, I could have sworn there was a mistake on the calendar because I saw PS Love You was supposed to record on Thursday. <laughs> and I was like, didn't we cancel that? And you're like, that was last week. And I was like, oh, I totally thought there was no PS Love You this week. We're doing so PS Love You Look forward week. to PS Love You this week. We can talk about all sorts of cool stuff. Cool. Is there anything you want to talk about in terms of games that you saw at Summer Game Fest? I have a bunch of indies still that I haven't gotten through on my thing. Now, granted, I rank them in priority because, of course, there's a Gamescast up right now, youtube.com slash games, where you can go listen to that or Gamescast podcast feeds. And even yesterday, me and Tim led off with uh, some mobile games we mm-hmm. played uh, to talk about at SGF. But I still have stuff up my sleeve for you, SGF. I still want to get into, god dang it. You have time now to throw one in here. Oh, do I? No, no. We're going to talk about Armored Core 6, which is one of the things we saw at but they, Game Fest. I mean, they clicked on it, man. They're here and they're like, oh, I want that Summer Game I want that summer so game I like that's what you and Tim did yesterday, Rose. Okay, well, oh, we can do that again. I'm opening my doc. I'm opening my doc. My little thing here of a thing. It was linked. It was leak, linked in the last one. Here it is. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on, everybody. Why is it that far back? Why would it be Holding. there? Holding. Everybody, hold. hold. I have one just called hold. SGF. I'm assuming that's going to be it. There it is. Nailed it. Crushed it. Oh, but I don't know my order of what I did. Uh, well, well, I'm saying though. Mm. Well, are we trying to do so, some of these on PS? I love you. You think? I mean, I don't really have much left for PS Love. Okay, then forget it. Then just yeah. do it here. Uh, I'm looking through my list here of what I haven't talked about that I would like to talk about. Um, of course, ladies and gentlemen, you know and I know it. There is a type of game that appeals to Greg Miller. Mm. And as soon as I saw the trailer for Simpler Times in the <laughs> Day of the Devs presentation, I was like, 
That is going to be a Greg Miller-ass game. And, of course, playing it, it's a Greg Miller-ass game. I'm sure Barrett's working on getting you the trailer right now for B-roll. Uh, it is a first-person game. Uh, you are in your childhood bedroom. Of course. You are packing up your stuff and reliving some memories. Uh, it was an interesting one, right, of, like, you have, of course, a scrapbook that has notes in it. And it's like those notes are hinting at greater uh, – things that have happened in your life but then it also asks your t- acts as your t- uh, uh, task list your quest log of like what you need to do of like packing up your room getting your stuff ready as you're putting stuff away you're remembering you know your mother and things your dad said and these stuffed animals and once you put it it's kind of like a first person unpacking at least in this one level because it is i did talk to them they said like uh there are going to be uh four seasons four memories and four music albums so it's gonna be like four different places you're in or whatever. Uh, and they're going to be different activities in every season. So it won't always be unpacking. Uh, but for me, it was very much unpacking of like, you're picking your stuff up, you're putting your stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Once you've gotten all the collectibles for that box, you know, like books or toys, that box gets sealed up and put away and kind of gives you the hint. Okay. Okay. Move on, do this. But there's a record player that you're, you know, moving it around. You put on the different records to move to different seasons and things like that. Uh, I'm interested to see what the fuck they did to this mom. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's a lot of talk about the dad. Yeah. What's up with this fucking mom? You know what I mean? Where did she go? What's going on with that? Early 2024. Uh, no, actually, I'm sorry. That was I was looking at my ATA notes. Uh, I don't have a date on that, and I forget. I wasn't paying attention to the trailer if it said there at the end. Uh, but I would assume 2024. It did, yeah, it just said uh, a wish on Steam today. Okay. Well, it's an yeah, indie, yeah. so you know they'll say 2024. Come on, 2026, but whatever. Cool. But I, really I enjoyed that one, and I'm looking forward to that. Awesome. Uh, the one, <clears throat> excuse me, that I'll bring to the table is Islands of Insight. You talk about knowing what a Greg game is. Yeah. This is what I would describe as, man, you look at the premise of this, and this is such a blessing game, and I'm sure that's why you booked before, yeah. because it is this open world puzzle game, right, where it is no combat, you're going around this world first person, and you're just solving a world full of puzzles. And a that's, world of puzzles. A world of puzzles. And for me, as somebody who you know loves games like The Witness, I love games like Manifold Garden. I'm very much looking forward to to Viewfinder. You know, big Portal fan. I'm down to hang out and just solve puzzles, right? Yeah. Especially in like this open world exploratory. That's sort why of, they call you a puzzle poppy. Exactly. Even Are though we're now lower? the new puzzle poppies. Um, am I getting lower? Like my chair? Yeah, I'm, no, I'm, I'm, not I'm coming down. I mean, I'm, I can way, come, I'm way too high up. compared Hold to you. On. Mike broke one, remember? So yeah. Like that no, this is the one the ring, so okay. I think we're good. Okay. Um, but yeah, on paper, everything about it seems like my kind of game. Uh-oh. During the preview, this was the one that I described on Gamescast as I had one bad preview. Oh, no. This was it. Puzzle um, Poppy, no. And, you know, who knows? Maybe the final game comes out and it comes together. But, you know, they describe it as all these things. Um, the way that I even internalized it as they're describing this game was, oh, think of, like, Zelda, if it was just Korok seeds, where you're going through, you see a thing and you solve it, and you see another thing and you solve it, and you're like, you know, you're just doing puzzles in this open world, in, in, in this open world format. Okay. My that sounds good so far. It sounds good so far. My problem is that they kept like saying things where I'm like, and where I would have follow up questions, and they're like, we don't have the answer for you today. Like, come back later. Oh, I hate where that as they're walking me through, one, they're doing the thing where they're uh, <laughs> doing like commentary where you know they're acting like they've not done this demo a billion times what's that over there yeah i don't know maybe you should check it out bill all right i'll see anything can happen in our warrior game exactly where it's you know the person playing the, is this the, the demo. same game <laughs> i looked yeah. away and now it's immortals phoenix rising <laughs> and that's the other thing yeah i got a lot of immortals phoenix rising vibes from it but it was the person playing the game and then the person actually like commentating commentating given the demo and it was oh what's this around the corner oh whoa and like them trying to act surprised and me being like this is my last demo of the event i know you've given this demo a million times um and just me not being able to buy into the gimmick especially because it was it was the, it was the awkward thing of it was me and one, one other person one other like journalist or media person yeah. doing the demo as well then trying to be like 
oh yeah I'm like you guys can join in too if you see the thing that we're looking for and i'm sitting there like I, I, the answer is obviously right there i can see the blue orb that you're children. looking for yeah I'm, right. not, I'm not a child here this isn't door the explorer um but like there was a part in the game where in the walkthrough where they show like oh we just leveled up to level seven and i ask what does the leveling system do? Like, how does that impact the gameplay? We're not prepared We're to talk not about, that, talk about that. We're going to talk about it at a different time. All right, what does, um, uh, they talk, they mentioned a campaign. Oh, what's the, what's the story? Like, how does the campaign affect how you play? Is the campaign, like, is it a linear path through the world? Does it take you through the open world stuff? We're not talking about that at this time. There is multiplayer in the game. Hey, like, how does the multiplayer work? How, like, and they would talk about all these disparate elements of the game and not Never really talk about together. how they work together no in a way where I don't understand why this game is multiplayer. I don't understand why this game has leveling. I don't understand how a story is supposed to impact the game or why I should care about a story whatsoever. Yeah. It seems like a hodgepodge of ideas that are inspired by a bunch of different things, like maybe a Zelda or Immortals Phoenix Rising sure. or even like a um, The Witness and something like that. A lot of things that speak near and dear to me. But yeah, the the, the way in which it feels like just um like idea overload hey let's just throw all these things in here just because people like multiplayer and multiplayer sure. is a buzzword that's going to work on sure. people and it didn't feel like they had an actual clear um concise vision of what they actually wanted the game to be and so it's one that i'm going to keep my eye on to see if it releases when you get more information about it yeah it's like oh okay that's cool yeah but from the way they gave that demo i was very much like but were the know. puzzles cool they're fine that's okay. the other thing is too is that the puzzles some of the puzzles were cool in the sense of you get like the hey there's there are a bunch of orbs <laughs> in the sky Got some orbs up there see if you can find the position to stand in to then like get the orbs to align in the way that'll then solve the puzzle for you right there's yeah. cool things like that there are also other puzzles that are just straight up like mahjong type cool you're gonna slide these things in an order and it's like literal just a literal puzzle right like a, a literal almost like a jigsaw thing that you're doing and that stuff i don't find that's fun that stuff looked kind of lame to me okay especially for this first person um 3d world that you're exploring um but yeah like there's sky islands also like there's a lot of verticality to the world sure, you're like familiar. flying through the place right like not i'm not saying they got that from zelda but it is familiar um but yeah i think my other thing too is that the art style of it didn't speak to me as well it looks so generic in, in, in the art style remind it again reminds me a bit of immortals phoenix rising but more even more generic than that mm -hmm. right like it is mm -hmm. i cannot get a sense of what i'm supposed to feel while watching slash playing this game like what are you trying what is this trying to be um it didn't feel like it had a really good solid vision yet and so sucks. i'm hoping it comes together i'm hoping that i'm wrong about it and it comes yeah. down and blows me away but as of now i'm i'm, I'm not as hyped for it as i should be because this is my kind of game uh, as you know i took well as you know i'm i'm probably the biggest fan in the office of this game i took an armor core 6 demo oh. and at the end of that they, ac they did actually accidentally get beat by the boss and it was funny <laughs> to see them all break and be like well that wasn't supposed to happen but uh we, you get the point let's <laughs> let's go on oh yeah well greg speaking of armored core 6 today's stories include our armored core 6 impressions everything from that xbox extended showcase and more because this is kind of funny games daily each and every week at 10 a.m live right here on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and twitch.tv slash kind of funny games we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about if you're watching live you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kind of funny.com slash you're wrong if you don't want to watch live you can watch later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily remember you can use epic creator code kind of funny on all epic store and epic in-game purchases like rocket league and fortnite to help support the channel to be a part of the show head to kind of funny.com slash kfgd to write in with your questions squad ups and more and remember patreon.com slash kind of funny will get you the show ad free plus a bevy of bonus content housekeeping for you it's that time again uh join mike 
Nick, James, and Elise for another 90s action movie watch along this Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. That's tonight. They'll be watching the 1990 Arnold Schwarzenegger cl- uh, classic, Total Recall. Uh, jump Quake. on twitch.tv slash games at 7.30 Pacific time this Wednesday to watch along with them. Uh, also, Nick forced James and Elise on today's Kind of Funny podcast, which is now the Disaster Cast. Uh, check it out on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny. Take one afternoon off. You take one afternoon the off. They do this to you. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Oh, my God. Look, look at, at the, all these they, graphics. And, like, look at all this. Yeah, you know, I don't know if you know this. Nick doesn't think through his bits. He's just so excited to excite himself. God. Uh, so go check that out, of course, youtube.com slash kind of funny. Um, there's a buy two, get one free this week on our Rooster Teeth store uh, with the code KF Summer at checkout. So go over to our Rooster Teeth store, use KF Summer to get a buy two, get one free. And then, remember, of course, for confusion's sakes, uh, kind of funny.com slash store goes to our brand new store with our brand new merch. And then you have to go to the Rooster Teeth store unless I'm talking out of turn. I'm no, I think you're right. right. Am I right? Okay. Then you have to go to the Rooster Teeth store to get this deal and get all that stuff cloned out. Unless... No, I'm correct. Nailed it. Nailed it. And then, merch looks so good. I wear those kind of funny slides all the time. On the, like, oh, the yeah. Store. Dude, I love the slides so yeah. much. Yeah. Uh, and then on YouTube and the live stream, there's going to be a 30-minute post show where Mike comes in and talk to us, KHGD hosts, about your YouTube Super Chat questions. So stay tuned after the handshake for that. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Casey Andrew, Laney Twining, and James Hastings. Today, we're brought to you by Amazon Gaming, Honey, and Rocket Money, but... All right, tell stop you right there. About that, later. as you know, I like to, I like to, we like to, we. A lot of people they don't want you to show you how the sausage gets made. Mm. Two things: number one, I think it's time we remove the Snowbike Mike super chat thing from housekeeping. You know that's happening, right? That okay. seems like it's a standard thing, and this isn't a critique on you. It's oh, just us sure. really talking about the show. I was gonna hold that until this. Is it James Hastings? Or James Hastings. I feel I, like for a decade we've, we've said, said Hastings, Hastings right? and Maybe then that's a typo. the past two months there's been just James Hastings. But and so I thought well, first month okay typo second month still James Hastings I mean, is there a, is is there a James Hastings and a James Hastings mm, do they have to fight no because they're different mm, names and so we don't have to worry about it James if you're in chat or if you're listening or watching please let us know kind of funny slash you're wrong because I it does say Hastings and I said Hastings because I thought that that was a typo well I'm saying so I'm right there with you fight for to prove which last name is superior. Mm. I'm opening up. I'm opening up. James on James action. I'm James with you, Barrett. James. <laughs> Make them fight. <laughs> Let them now, and fight. here, there's an interesting thing. Drop tick, drop kick. Tondo says, "Wasn't it James?" Oh no, that's not even right. No, that's what we're talking about. That's exactly the conversation we're having. Ah, shit, it's already gone. Somebody brought up James Davis makes. Are we confusing that? I don't know. Maybe. You know, mm. I don't know. Mm. I'm looking at old things. You go on your show now. Thank you very much. I well, like I'm trying. To I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think about the Snowback Mike slash Andy Cortez post show thing, right? Maybe I can pull, take that, put that into the rigmarole. But then that makes the rigmarole even longer. I, I feel like it's already. I don't long. think we need to worry about it. No? I think it's like one of those things. All right, so here we, we go. Here 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 we go. I guess we could wrap with it. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. We're gonna say that. We're gonna say that. In it. So right now I'm in March 2023, and in March 2023 it was in fact James Hastings. Mm-hmm. Then. April 2023 becomes James Hastings. Then it's James Hastings from there on out. So the question then becomes, did James Hastings make a typo? Mm-hmm. And it goes beyond that. March, February, January, it is James Hastings. Okay. Did he make, going back and forth. Did he make a typo many years ago? Mm-hmm. And finally, it was like, you know what? I'll, I'll go to Patreon and correct this and change okay. it. It's like Delaney Twining. We were calling Twining for so long. And well, that was, was like, that, that was just us. That was us. Shout but out to Delaney. He shout out to Delaney for coming to be like, yo, it's actually Twining. Yeah, eventually like, Delaney was like, I'm going to correct this. Yo, that you is notice how there's, no, up to. there's only one N. 
so that wouldn't be twinning, <laughs> you idiots. And we're like, oh, Wait, yeah, that, has it, has that's it how words work. N? That's how, yeah. <laughs> Ain't, there's there's no way that was always wrong. one N. Hold on. Wow. No, it was, it was always, it was we always are just, one N. We are just, we say something once and no one says anything. <laughs> like, all right, off, off to the thing we go. Wow. Well, I guess we'll figure this it out. This is how much out. we care about you, patrons. You know what I mean? You come over there, you support us. We want to say your name right, and then we will waste the show wondering if you changed your name. Huh. I'm, I'm going to the back end to find Mr. Hastings or Hastings. He's going to the back end. Well, okay, I'm, in the back end, it is, in fact, Hastings. Oh. So at some point, we jump the shark I bet it's here. Hastings. I bet the real thing is Hastings, and Hastings is a typo. Unless maybe he got married to a Jenna Hastings. Good point. That's a great <laughs> I point. I don't think that's how it works. No? Maybe, I mean, maybe he took her last name, or their last yeah, name, or his last name. I, don't I have know. the email to James, and we're going to email him right now live on the show. Okay. As we do that, let me take you to the Roper Report. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have five stories today. A baker's dozen. Starting with our number one. This last weekend was Summer Game Fest. We saw a lot of games. One of those games was Armored Core 6 Fires of Rubicon. We got a preview roundup for you. I'm going to give you previews from both Polygon and from IGN, but then me and Greg will tell you about our time with it because we both got to see uh, Armored Core 6. What's up, Greg? To James Hastings, CC Joey Noel, I'm also sending it. Subject line, your name, all caps. Subject, body. Hey, dude, is it Hastings or Hastings? Why haven't you corrected us, Greg? <laughs> Send. Done. That's how you get work done around here. There you go. There you go. All right, let's start off with Ana Diaz from Polygon, who writes, or who titled their preview, Armored Core 6 wants you to tinker your way through toughness. The preview reads like this. Armored Core 6 is a mech action game that blends third-person shooting with close-range combat. While Ogura has previously asserted that this game will not just be Elden Ring with with mechs, it'll bring the studio's characteristic emphasis on overcoming tough combat. In his presentation, Ogura articulated three aspects key to the game. 3D level design with a sense of scale, assembly and battle design uh, customizing mechs, and experiencing a sense of accomplishment through overcoming difficulties. Quote, Our aim is to create a new mech action uh, by the current From Software, which combines the fundamental fan aspect of the Armored Core series with the design philosophy of recent From Software games, Ogura said via a translator. The developers say they want Armored Core 6 to be a challenging game, and players will have various tools at their disposal uh, to overcome its challenges. One way to deal with a hard enemy could be using a search function to scan it and formulate a plan. However, knowing where an adversary lies might not give you the edge you need to win. When the player dies and returns to a checkpoint, a menu pops up offering the option to tweak their mech to their liking. Of course, there's more to Honest Preview, but you can check that out over on Polygon. And while you do that, I'm going to hop over to Cat, Cat Bailey at IGN, Get. Get, uh, who titles <laughs> her preview. Uh, From Software uses blank check to make more armor core, and I couldn't be happier. It reads like this. The demo, shown at Summer Game Fest, had the essential DNA of the series down to the grim industrial megastructures and the emphasis on energy management. And many of the demo's crucial elements elements, elements will be familiar to longtime fans of the series. The AC shown has a gun in one hand, an energy sword in the other, and missiles on both shoulders. Success is predicated on managing such disparate elements as heat dissipation and energy generation to create a mech that can take on all comers. Completing a mission, Armored Core 6, is mission-based rather than open world, earns you money to buy parts that can be used to upgrade your mech. The demo ends with a glimpse of one of Armored Core uh, 6's fierce boss fights, a monstrous Roomba known as the Smart Cleaner that waves heated grinder arms and spews lava. 
Little is shown of this fight, but From Software has claimed that boss fights are a highlight of the game. So we'll have to see whether they take any cues from Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, which was designed by Armored Core 6 director Masaru Yamamura. Even if it does, though, I seriously doubt that Armored Core 6 will win over the newly minted Soulsborne fans who, love, who loved Elden Ring. This is an Armored Core game for Armored Core fans, the type of people who want to sit around tinkering with their fantasy mech, uh, trying to find the right build for all occasions. Now, Greg, both me and you yeah. sat in a theater, watched a presentation, sure. and we watched a gameplay demo of Armored Core 6. You're somebody who I wouldn't expect to be a Armored Core person. <laughs> How did really? The, how did the Armored Core Six? Do I need to take you back to March twentieth, two thousand seven? Armored Core Four review by Greg Miller oh, on IGN.com. No. Yes, please take me back to this. I don't think you want me to go back to that. Wait, what, <laughs> I don't think the fan base probably wants me to go back to that. So you have, I mean, in that case, you have more of a more of a five point nine mediocre. Oh God! The Armored Core franchise celebrates its tenth anniversary this year. To have that kind of staying power is clear Sagan from software and know what the fan base wants. But although Armored Core Four delivers its usual expansive customization options, it isn't enough to overlook weak single-player missions and lackluster visuals. Wow! Any, uh, I mean, Armored Core fans, am I? Was that right or wrong? Because I, you know, I don't know. And this is definitely when IGN's like, "Here's a game, review it." And I'm like, "Got it." I, I will shit say, about this thing. And looking and looking back through Armored Core reviews because we did our fantasy draft at the top of the year, and I had yeah. to know how Armored Core is usually review. They seem to not review like spectacularly, right? Like I'll sure. say probably in like the 70s, um, maybe high, maybe oh, higher, maybe lower, depending. You. DJ Kento says AC4 is definitely mid. You got it, Greg. Whew. Yeah, but like <laughs> Ghostian says, LOL, AC4 is one of the best. Well, you know, but I also think that <laughs> I also think that defines. You were not wrong, says Sphinxjur. Okay. Well, you have more of a history of arm with Armored Core than I do in this scenario. Okay. And so, how did the That's scary? How did the demo speak to you? Oh, I, I like watching it, it, it. It was that weird thing where it's like, you know, again, I am old and ancient. We know this. Stella doesn't need to come to the chat to tell you. Mm. Uh, I don't remember this review right, and I don't. I couldn't have told you I reviewed an Armored Core. But watching the Armored Core demo, I was like. It's like Biff in Back to the Future 2. I'm like, oh, this seems very familiar. <laughs> like, wait a second. I must have done something. I must have played them before at IGN or whatever. And so watching this, what I was taken with was how quick it was, how beautiful it was, uh, and the customization of it. I thought it was cool. You know, you talk, we, t you, we let off in your uh, demo here talking about, ugh, canned demos where something, what's that? What's going on? Blah, blah. In here, in the presentation, there is a section where they lose in a fight, right? Mm -hmm. And it is like, okay, we lost here. But it's not like trying to swerve you. It is like, we lost here. We didn't have the right loadout. But as you can see, when you die, you immediately can go right to this. The screen that pops up, it's like, do you want to change your loadout? And you can go in and do this, blah, 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 and come back and fight that way. Uh, I watched all of it, and I don't think that Armored Core 6 is going to be a, my game. I don't think it's going to be something I rush out to play. But I did look at it and go, wow, it looks fast. The action looks fun. The game looks beautiful, and there's a whole bunch of stuff going on. It's just that I don't have that mech fantasy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not that kind of thing. But it was cool to see, you know, Stinger missiles come out. It was nice to see them switch between their weapons when they're reloading one to come off and start shooting with the bullets on the other one, right? And then again, just the verticality of what you're seeing. Like, it was... It interested me, I guess is the thing to say. When we can get our hands on it, whether it be Reviewed Co., whether it be a preview event, I would like to touch sticks and see if I am like, okay, cool. Because again, what I think, I remember Armored Core when I, from in the, what I do remember of Armored Core, again, when I was watching this demo was, I remember it being a bit slower. I remember it being a bit more me dashing back and forth to evade. And again, maybe I'm confusing this not only with Armored Core 4, but other mech games I played at some point in time. This didn't get that vibe. This seemed like, 
you're in the action the whole time. What's <laughs> chat saying that's making fun of it, making you laugh? Touch sticks is what he was saying. <laughs> what did I say? People heard something different. I don't, I touch don't even dicks? Know. Yeah, people thought you said touch dicks. Hey, man, whatever I got to do to play on record six. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, like, I, so it, this is fun going into it, right? Because you're somebody who I think typically isn't. A, I'm also confirmed uh, by OMGesus, no, Greg, it was slower. Thank you. See, mine like a steel trap. There you go. You show yeah. me game play. Well, you're like, a veteran in the game. Exactly. But yeah, like Industry. you're. You're somebody who, you know, you're not you're not a big Souls person, right? right. Like the yeah. ladies from soft games don't like do a big for you. You played Bloodborne. And, and so that's a great point too of like why I'm interested to play this, whereas Elden Ring, I never was like, oh yeah, that looks like my game. That looks like a world I'd rather exist in. Yeah. That's the thing. Where so if it is going to be, let's take the, you know, game the what we've learned from the Souls game, which has never been the turnoff for me. The let's figure out how to beat this boss. Let's figure out like I'm I'm I don't mind that. I loved that in like Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Valhalla is an even better example of running into somebody who's way too tough that I could fight at the moment or I could come back later. Like that would be something if I can connect with this gameplay and really feel like, "Oh man, I don't feel like a lumbering robot. I feel like a fast mech." If that was the idea, then okay, cool. And the gameplay singing, then yeah, I'd be into it. Yeah. Similar to like how I'm usually not a Final Fantasy guy, right? But 16's demo, the action, the combat is so active and so go. I'm like, oh man, even if I wasn't into the story, which I think I'm going to be, I'd be into this. Yeah. I mean, for me, as somebody who's coming in as a newer from software fan, right? Like, I love, I fucking loved Bloodborne. I loved Sekiro. I loved Elden Ring. All those games I would put in my top 25 of all time at this point. You know, going into this Armored Core 6 demo, I was very curious to see how much of that DNA would we see in an Armored Core 6 when it's been so long since from software has made an armored core and one of the things that stuck out to me in, in their presentation their pitch before they actually showed gameplay was them talking about what um anna uh, highlighted here in her um preview right the uh, Og ogura said our aim is to create a new tech new a new mech action by the current from software which combines the fundamental fan aspect of the armored core series with the design philosophy of recent from software games right how much is that going to shine through when you're talking about the amount of money they have to make a game now, the, yeah. the things they've learned over creating Dark Souls and Elden Ring and all this stuff now, the, what they've learned about what people like, right? What, they, what they've figured out is that from software formula. And from watching the gameplay, you know, I've, come, I've um, left with a few things, right? This is not a Souls game. Uh, sure. That was to be expected, right? But, you know, it's nice watching the gameplay and getting that reconfirmation of, all right, yeah, it's not like you're, you know, finding bonfires. It's not like you're See, like, that looks in fun. open space. Like, uh, that looks awesome. Yeah. Like, I hope this feels as good as it looks because then, yeah, I would be like, let's go, let's play. But that's my thing also is watching the gameplay, I'm so fucking into this. You yeah. know, I look at the end of Cat Bailey's the preview where she says that um, this is an Armor Core game for Armor Core fans. You know, the um, uh, I seriously doubt that Armor Core 6 will win over newly minted Soulsborne fans who loved El uh, Elden Ring. Reading through Cat Bailey's whole preview, Cat Bailey is an Armor Core person. Right? Yeah. She has a familiarity with the series and that's where she's she's speaking from for me it's not an armored core person what i saw has me very excited and i think it is just the idea of it is very fast it is a you are boosting all over the place the the boss fights this look boss really cool huge, yeah. uh we got to the there was like two bosses in the game right there was the mini boss that i thought was just a legit boss and watching yeah. that i was like oh this is, looks cool and then they get to the actual actual boss this I'm guy like, right here right? oh fuck i believe yeah, it's the, yeah this, this right is where the, our demo ended when the dude got crushed by him <laughs> yeah we got here and i was like oh this looks dope as hell what they're bringing to the table visually i think is really cool right like this boss we're fighting is like this spews lava has like a lot of red and orange yeah. orange to it and i think it really shines the way that that like the the the, the way the lighting looks coming off of that i think looks really cool 100 um, and like the customization they showed is a big selling point for me you mm -hmm. know what i mean of like getting in there and making the robot look the way I want, or the mech the way it look the way i want it to uh obviously in armor cores before obviously you can switch out different guns and stuff but it seems like there's more of a variety here yeah um, and seeing seeing some of the enemy variety as well had me pretty interested. There was a cool 
droidica looking guy that has like a centipede center uh that i'll that every time that, that guy came up i was like oh that's, that seems pretty cool uh, but yeah the customization stuff as well i think is dope you know i know that's been that's been a thing for armored core that's mm-hmm. one of the center central aspects of armored core but them showing them showing it off them getting in, in depth talking about how you can have i believe they said what like four weapons can be equipped on each hand and shoulder um and it's and you know the gameplay loop that they're talking about here seems to be way more focused on the customization than even just the execution of course it's from soft is armor core and all this stuff so execution is a big part of it sure. but yeah when you die you go directly into that menu screen to figure out what do i need to switch around in order to account for this specific battle that i'm in and i love that right like sure. I, I, sure. I i i think that is a that i think that's a gameplay loop that should work for a mech for a mech uh, action game right and like Having it be fr- uh, modern from software working on that, modern from software pushing that, and then like them taking their learnings off of the stuff they've done recently and like combining all that into an armored core game, I think that's really cool. They talked about PvP stuff. They talked about online, not like in depth, but they t- mentioned that that stuff was going to be there, which is pretty cool. But then, yeah, they t- in terms of the fa- fast combat, you know, they have like quick turn, quick turn uh, in here, right? To like make sure you're getting from place, um, uh, uh, or make sure you're navigating the areas pretty easily. Um, they have like multiple different kinds of boosts in there uh they have ambushes in here like enemy ambushes that you know so well from from software games already um there's a cool light shield that i dug a lot i thought that looked really cool and it seems like this game is gonna be hard as fuck which <laughs> i'm all about like i think i i, I think that's gonna be fun for but it but again if that's the hook of it right if it's going to be hard as fuck but it is you died what do you want to change like yeah. i like that problem solving i like the instantaneous nature of it i like there not being a penalty other than okay you're dead and you have the full health bar but come back what you know what weapons could you use what boosts could you use what kind of things can you switch up on the mech that yeah. sounds awesome and so yeah my final takeaway from it was that okay this isn't a souls game but it is a from game and i even speak i even take that and i attach it to some of the enemy design in terms of how they move and how they wind up their moves and how you can like you know dodge out of the way and all that stuff and like really feel like you're in the moment trying to figure out how to get around get around the boss it, watching it look like it was a from software game and that for me that's the most exciting thing about it and so this demo got me way more hyped on our course six than i was previously i after the demo it was me and andy in the same one i turned around to andy and i was like dude the game of the year hierarchy is, is changing right at least for that second place race i don't know about first place but you know <laughs> i it, i'm i'm very excited about this thing but moving on though story unless you have any final words on no again i i'm i'm not as into it as you are but i went from eh, to be like okay i want to try it fair enough story number two microsoft signs a deal with outrider studio people can fly for a new xbox game this is tom ivan at video games chronicle Microsoft and People Can Fly have signed a deal for a new Xbox game. In a regulatory release, the Polish studio said codename Project Maverick will be fully funded by IP owner Microsoft and will have a $30 million to $50 million budget. The developer behind Gears of War Judgment, Bulletstorm, and most recently Outriders said it concluded a production and publishing agreement with Microsoft for the AAA game on Tuesday. People Can Fly, which celebrated its 20th anniversary in 2022 and was owned by Epic Games from 2012 to 2015, also developed the PC port of the original Gears of War and has worked on Fortnite 2. Greg, an, a, a Microsoft new Xbox game, Project Maverick, what could that be? Well, could be anything. Mm-hmm. Maverick, though, usually I- I implies flying, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think coming off the success of Top Gun and like in general, it's been a call sign for fighter pilot kind of stuff. Um, so I guess it could be a flying game or have some kind of stuff in there. To that I mean, do you think it's Crimson Skies? That's where my mind immediately went when I saw Project Maverick. That's an interesting one. Yeah. That's a really interesting one. Do you think so? 
I mean, I wouldn't. I mean, I think it's an option. I am, do you want to put a thirty to fifty million dollar budget into bringing back a Crimson Skies? Like, it's not me throwing shade at Crimson Skies, but as an IP, as a you know, as a game to 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 sell, I feel like that's one that you'd want to maybe experiment with or like test the waters a little bit before you you go all in on it, right? And so, like, I think there's an option there. I'm sure that there's plenty of the fan base that has been asking for a Crimson Skies, but I think it'd be an interesting one to bring back. Yeah, I feel like there could be. I mean, maybe it is a new IP. I feel like that's probably the easy the easy guess there, but. I mean, yeah. even before, yeah, I wasn't even prepared to go and really hypothesize about what uh, Project Maverick could be. I think it's more just the excitement that this is happening. Mm-hmm. Like, Outriders was a game we all dug, and I think unexpectedly dug, right? Because it did hit at a time when we didn't have much to play. We we all dropped in, and we all had a great time with it. Was the story memorable? No. No, it wasn't, Tom. Uh, but it was the idea that the gameplay was fun. We enjoyed running through that. Again, it was a game that launched. and was like, yeah, we're not a games as a service. We are this multiplayer or single player game that does have a definitive end. And then they got a lot of success. Like, well, we'll put out an expansion. Uh, I think that they're a really talented studio. I think they made something really, really cool there. I'd love to see with Xbox behind them and that Xbox budget what in Xbox knowing and wanting great games on their platform, what they're going to come up with. Because I'd imagine it would be something like, okay, cool, we're trying to make something like Outriders again for Xbox. Mm -hmm. Xbox would love to have that moment on their console, right? Of just like, cool, come here and play on Game Pass, come here and play on Cloud, come here and play on PC, come here and play on the console, and do whatever multiplayer thing we're doing that is going to be, again, have its Outriders moment, you know, a month of that, where it's all anybody wants to play. Yeah. I think the other option, too, would be if they were to do something with Gears, maybe a Gears spinoff, because they have had this past with working on uh, Gears Judgment, Um, and like, you know, you're talking about Outriders. The, again, that is them continuing their lineage of knowing how to make a third-person action shooter. And sure. One that is fun and enjoy, enjoyable to play. And I could see if Microsoft is trying to do different things, trying to expand out the Gears IP, the best people to bring in probably would be if people can fly. And so there's quite a few options here. But, yeah, I think it being do you called— think, Would you rather it be Gears-related or would you rather it be a new IP? I'd rather it be a new IP. Okay, but I'm too. also just not a Gears person. Sure. Like, maybe but I think Mike that, would And I think that. Microsoft might be— wholly aware of that to a degree mm. like you know what i mean like do, i mean i'm not saying gears is dead or gears is a dead blah blah blah. i just think when you say hey, it's another gears game that does cap it for a lot of people like oh, i've never really dug it i hate the giant bulky bodies and mm. you know blah, blah. like it could but work that, that, that does do it for gears fans though sure right? like we keep getting gears games for a reason right and i think you know me i think me and you not being as into it is different from um, Snow White Mike probably being fully into it of getting excited for Gears and there was that quote recently I forget who gave the quote it might have been Phil actually I don't think it was Phil there was somebody from Xbox that gave the quote of, it was Matt Booty uh, talking about how video games have a development cycle now of four to five years like sure. that is becoming the, the standard when you're talking about AAA and if the expectation is that you are not getting another Gears for another five years maybe if you can have two developers working on it and now you have every every, uh, every two and a half years getting a new gears that's maybe not a cent maybe not like a a core gear six or gear seven or whatever but could be hey before the main next mainline gears you're getting a gear spinoff that is made by a capable team that might be exploring a new a new story so similar to how we talk about something like uncharted where sure you would be interesting to see a different studio find their take on uncharted that is different character different story and like you know take that where they want to take it i could i could see them ping-ponging back and forth of going hey gears is um uh i already forget the name of the studio that actually does gears but gears is like coalition coalition yeah coalition is the main guys for gears people can fly can you find a new angle for for gears that you can make your own and make those things bounce off of each other so that we're not just spending all this time without a gears game so what's fascinating about this is that this is your everything you just said is 
totally on point. Mm-hmm. But I think there could be a different lane. There's a branch there in the timeline, and it's a question of what Microsoft is right now. Mm-hmm. I would counter-argue all this, right, in the fact that the latest Gears was great, and it was well-received, and people really liked it. It did not make the Xbox explode. It did not seem like it really crossed boundaries. It did not seem like it brought in a whole new audience to it. It seemed like Gears fans were there. Xbox fans were there. If I'm Phil and I'm the team right now, and I think if you look at the presentation and how they talked about it uh, on Sunday, right, I might be in line with them. I desperately do not want my identity to be, we are Xbox, we are Halo, and we are Gears, and we are Forza. Mm. I want it to be, we are Xbox, and we have all these awesome studios making awesome games. I don't want, if I'm Xbox, I don't want Xbox's Last of Us. I want Xbox's Naughty Dog. I want to establish a developer that is the developer. I want people to know that it doesn't matter if it's going to be uh, infamous or if it's going to be Ghost of Tsushima or if it's going to, it, you care that it's Sucker Punch. That's what I want as Xbox. I want people to look and go, oh, it's an Insomniac game, not, oh, it's another Ratchet and Clank game. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Xbox is there yet. I think with a lot of stuff we saw uh, as they started rolling out some of these announcements on Sunday, as we've seen from just the lineage and the talent we know is over there, they have that path to success. But that would be my thing of, I don't want, I, I think what holds Xbox back is the belief that the only strengths they have are Gears, Xbox, mm-hmm. and Forza. And I'm being reductive. There's also Flight Sim and yada, yada. But you know what I mean? In terms of like, those are proven IP for Xbox yeah. that were proven IP last gen and the gen before that. And, the, and it's like that thing where it's like PlayStation is, do, and I'm not even trying to carry a PlayStation water here, has done a great job of, all right, Naughty Dog, you know what I mean? What are you going to do for the PlayStation 2 life cycle, the PlayStation 3 life cycle, the PlayStation 4? And then, you know, they start to bleed a bit. But you understand what I'm saying. I'm yeah. like, we're going to move and pass the baton around here where people aren't just like, oh, it's another Gears game. No, it's ha- Halo Infinite's going to, oh, it's just another Halo game. Like, I think they want to be seen as game creators with a vibrant developer landscape and portfolio that is about these things. And the only way to do that, I think, is to not never do another Gears game. And to my own point, if to you know go and argue myself, right, this would be a great way to get a Gears game and let the Coalition do something else or whatever yeah, maybe, you want it to yeah. be. Because even the Coalition, like, do they just want to be the Gears studio? Did fucking Gorilla just want to be fucking Killzone for the rest of their life? No. Nobody wants to just be that the rest of their yeah. life. I mean, I think there's there's uh, there's an interesting conversation here. There's a question that I was going to save for reader mail, but I want to bring it in here. But before we get there, of course, I want to tell you about patreon.com slash kind of funny games over on patreon.com slash kind of funny games and kind of funny. You can go and get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Amazon and Summer Game Fest. We are in an absolutely stacked year of video game releases, and you can find all of them on Amazon.com slash Summer Game Fest. I hope that you found a spare few hundred hours to play all the amazing games that have come out this year already. Gamers have been eating good this year, but this is the only place you want to be amazon.com slash summer game fest because guess what this summer there's gonna be even more exciting announcements coming through of so many more video games that are about to be on all of your favorite consoles like final fantasy 16 armored core 6 diablo 4 street fighter 6 mortal kombat 1 exo primal assassin's creed mirage <gasps> the list goes on and on you can go to amazon.com slash summer game fest all summer long to discover the top new and upcoming games as soon as they go up for pre-order or you can go check out 
the website now for everything you might have missed so far this year. Again, that's amazon.com slash summergamefest for all of your video game needs. Today's episode is sponsored by PayPal Honey, the easy way to save when shopping on your iPhone or computer. But did you know it only takes a few seconds to get it? That means if you go to add it on your laptop or iPhone right now, you could be done before the ad read is even over. You know how good it feels to check something off of your to-do list, so hey, let's get to check-in. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. So imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite websites out there, and when you check out, the Honey button appears, and all that you have to do is click apply coupon. Kind of funny's been using Honey for years. It's literally saved us thousands of dollars on tech, food, costumes, ton of stuff. Uh, Honey doesn't just work on desktop. It works on your iPhone too. You just activate it on Safari, on your phone, and you get to save on the go. Getting Honey seriously only takes a few seconds, and by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this show. Get PayPal Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash kindoffunny. That's joinhoney.com slash kindoffunny. We all love gobbling up content, and we have an understanding of what subscriptions we use. Or do we? Do you know how much your subscriptions really cost? Most Americans think they spend around $80 a month on subscriptions when the actual total is closer to $200. That's right. You could be wasting hundreds of dollars each and every month on subscriptions you might not even know about. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and it helps lower your bills all in one place. Rocket Money has saved some of us here at Kind of Funny a ton of money, and it can help you too. Rocket Money also helps you manage all your finance in one place, and it automatically can help categorize your expenses. So, you can easily track your budget in real time, stop throwing your money away, cancel unwanted subscriptions, and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash kindoffunny. That's rocketmoney.com slash kindoffunny. One more time, rocketmoney.com slash kindoffunny. Rocket Money kind of funny. <laughs> and we're back with a question oh. from Nathan Choquette, who writes in to kindoffunny.com slash KFGD, just like you can, and says... Matt Booty says that gamers and industry folk need to realize that games now take four to six years to make rather than in the past when maybe a two to four year release cycle was more common because of the current expectations for size, scope, and fidelity in the PS5 and Xbox Series X generation. While this may initially sound negative, do you think it could actually be helpful in the sense of allowing for fewer big releases packed into a single year? Or does this newer, longer dev cycle run the risk of creating marketing fatigue for gamers who are always hungrily looking forward to the next big showcase slash announcements? If companies don't plan on releasing a a game for several years, I don't really want to hear about it until it's nearly Mm -hmm. ready to release. But I may be in the minority here, and it seems like publishers and console manufacturers feel they have a still... They have to still market big titles early on to build hype and support for each console's ecosystem. I find this question very interesting, especially for the conversation that we're in the middle of, because you know you talk about Xbox wanting to have this flourishing library of a bunch of different you know games, IP developers that they can you know um, look to as. Hey, this, it, it, we're not just Halo, Gears, and Forza. We are Halo, Gears, Forza, XYZ uh, IP that we're adding to the mix that uh, that you identify these uh, developers with, right? Like these yeah. developers are growing with these with these IP and hopefully becoming the next Naughty Dog, Sony Santa Monica, et cetera, et cetera. What I find interesting when I lo- when I lump this question in with it, right, is that we do make that comparison to something like Naughty Dog. And a thing that I've been thinking about 
since we got this Matt Booty quote is the fact that I feel like The Last of Us 3 is like a decade away. Yeah. <laughs> like we're going to be, we're so far away from the next game from Naughty Dog. And That's I, what I've been saying, man. And I take 30 at the, the least. At the least, right? And I, and I take that and I apply it to pretty much most, um, even PlayStation developers aside from Insomniac, who somehow, you know, they're fucking on speed or whatever. They're just cranking out games left and right where Ghost, who and knows? Pull the Ghost, car over for a second. Yeah. yeah. This is the, ah, oh, fuck. I don't remember the triangle, but Bozon, when he was on the other day, talked about it, right? You can have something that's good, fast, or something else, and like you have to do a whole thing. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing of like, Insomniac cranks out games like nobody's business. Insomniac games are great. Mm-hmm. Are they game of the year? Are they the masterpiece? Are they the ones, oh my God, like, that's what Naughty Dog's trying to achieve, and that's what takes so long. And this yeah. is not me talking shit about Insomniac. I love it. I can't wait for Spider-Man 2. But we've had this conversation over and over again, right, of, like, Insomniac being that 859 developer. And w- are they ever going to get over that hump and be that kind of thing? Yeah. I don't think you're that kind of thing when you're putting out a game every two years, every three yeah. eight years, whatever it is. But even by, but even when we're talking about IP and franchises and stuff, right, Ghost of Shima 2 is another one I look toward of, man, we got Ghost of Shima in 20. 20- 20 uh we're in 2023 we've not even got an announcement of ghost team 2 sure are we not talking about just a small studio people always overlook sure. that yeah but also like is that uh, sustainable not might not be the, the word i'm looking for maybe maybe it is honestly like when we're talking about franchises when we're talking about putting out two games in the same franchise and it might take you eight to ten years to do so because video game development cycles are, are, are so long jump back throw out the sony santa monica reference right yeah when Corey was like yeah we're not doing a god of war trilogy we don't want to work on this for 15 years yeah i think that's the that i, I think that's where i get at when i think about the thought of if you if you're xbox and you can bring in a people can fly to work on an alternate gears game you keep gears in the like in the ecosystem longer as opposed to putting out one gears game six years past all right we're finally ready to put out the gear sequel sure and you're getting these like you're getting one hit of this big game release for this one IP every half a decade is I guess my question is is that sustainable right because PlayStation has been making it work but even for Play- for PlayStation is that sustainable with something like Last of Us where we got a Last of Us TV show they're trying to do different things with the IP I think to make it more current in the landscape right but if we're not going to get Last of Us Part Three until let's say yeah 2030 is is that the right way to treat that IP like is that it, should that be the norm when we're talking about these big IP that people love and people want more of? I think it always comes down to what do you want from the IP? And I think this is the big thing for the Gears conversation we were having too, right? And it was a shout out to, I forget who it was in the chat. You didn't use yourwrong.com or your kind of funny.com slash your wrong, which would have been helpful to get your name read. Uh, but they were saying like Coalition's already confirmed they're working on another Gears, right? Mm-hmm. So then we are talking about, okay, well then our people can fly doing Gears or doing something else and then blah, blah. But it's always that question of it's, you need to feed a fire, but not suffocate it, right? You can put too much stuff into the fire, and it, just, it doesn't work. And so that's the thing of, like, is there that demand and hunger for Gears? There is that demand and hunger for Last of Us right yeah. now. I would argue there was for Uncharted, but by the time we have finished Uncharted 4, people are like, this is a good place to stop, for the most part. And so that is that, you know, push around, how do you want to make it work? And, like, you have to be trying to read those tea leaves early. And it's one of the things I made a joke about when – before Horizon uh, Zero Dawn even came out, there was some PlayStation marketing person who's quoted as like, we're going to work on a book and we're going to do comics and we're going to And I was like, whoa, like, you don't even know if this thing's going to work or not. And it totally did. But you can look at uh, when GameStop published Song of the Deep from Insomniac and they're like, mm. we're putting out we're putting out Funko Pops and this. And it was like, we didn't know if we liked this game. And then the game was fine. I really enjoyed it. But like, it didn't set the world on fire and that shit was all in the clearance bin really quickly. Like, there's such a push and pull to figure out how to do it. So to your question then of like, to this question of Nathan, right? Like, where does this leave you and what does it do? Like, I don't worry so much about like gamers insatiable appetites, right? Because that, yes, we all have that. And 
it legitimately doesn't matter because no matter what, we're always going to want the next thing. This is always, I feel like, the bo- both must be heartening and disheartening thing for developers of you work on a game for five, six years, you put it out. And as soon as the first weekend's over, it's, well, what's next? Yeah. What are you doing next? And they start, we, we start running the headlines of like, well, there's this rumor, job post, are you doing DLC or what? And it's like, they just did that. You know, it's years from the, till the next thing. And that is such a diff- difficult decision. The conversation, you know, like for Matt Booty and for uh, PlayStation, right. Is the idea that once you get these first parties rolling, right you get to a point where you don't need to announce something that is six years away early because you'll have hopefully these games in rotation, studios in rotation, right? Where you go around and it's like, all right, you know, we've just launched the latest Naughty Dog game, so you won't hear from them in a while. Instead, Sony Ben's coming around to say whatever they're going to do, and then Insomniac's coming around. You know what I mean? Like, you, mm. you do that kind of rotation where maybe, you know, I know for Xbox, their quote, they're out there with this week talking about all this, which I think is also from the Xcast, but doesn't matter. Nobody wants to credit us for our Phil Spencer interview. Uh, but I did see, I think it might have been Matt Booty again getting interviewed, talking about they want four games a year. They want one Xbox exclusive or, you know, from their studios every quarter. And it's like right there, if they can get in that rhythm, you're set, right? Because you can announce one year out or whatever the next four games and one year out the next four, and you get in the thing. It's just when you're where Xbox has been and where they will be again and where PlayStation will be and where anybody who's a publisher will be of announcing a game and then it gets delayed and this happens or there's a giant worldwide pandemic that throws everything off and it's like suddenly you're very carefully playing marketing beats, you know, of course, are reminded that, you know, you make plans and God laughs. Like that's not how this works, especially creating art, right? So it is this thing of... I don't think I saw when we were reading the story. Somebody in the chat said something effective, like I think most of us are already already know we live in this world, and it's like, sure, most of us listening to kind of funny games daily know that, but there is a giant you know insatiable audience that is out there buying video games and playing video games and maybe not reading IGN, or there's the other people like Poe who are buying you know Last of Us and then not even realizing they're Last of Us two for a while or vice versa and trying to figure it out. Like again, it's always I hate looking at things like this through the keyhole. You sit there and we go like, oh man, like I hate to think about Xbox or PlayStation only announce, you know, doing these things and they're only going to get this many, it's going to be this many years. You're forgetting, of course, the dozens of independent studios making stuff. And I don't even mean mm-hmm. small indies, I mean big indies. We're talking about third party publishers like EA. We're talking about what Xbox just did here, right? Of partnering with people, people like people can fly, right? To be like, listen, we have our studios all steam full steam ahead on all these different games let's get some other people in here to make other games to fill this gap that we see in two years or whatever like this is video games right now and there's a there's a great conversation and argument to have of how it could all pivot of all right cool the game development cycle is too long it is taking too long to make the next great blockbuster so let's move to an episodic, not weekly like tepis, uh, uh, Telltale, mm-hmm. but an episodic thing where you are going to get The Last of Us Part 3 in 15 different chapters. You will get a chapter every, uh, every half. Let me talk about Deltarune. <laughs> That's exactly what that is. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And, I, I, and, and it will cost 10 bucks. You yeah. know what I mean? I, but like, I, I mean, yeah. but honestly, to, to that last point, right, I think the more realistic pivot would be Actually, let's just make this thing a live service, which I think is happening. Right? I think that's what you saw with something like Fallout, where, you know, when I talking about games that we're not going to see in forever, you know, Fallout, the next Fallout game from Bethesda Game Studios is go- at least like, what, 15 years away because they are putting out Starfield right now. The next thing after that is going to be Elder Scrolls, the next one, and that's going to take what six to seven years for them to put out and then you're gonna Might talk- be Todd Howard's final game he says yeah final like, Elder Scrolls <laughs> exactly <game. laughs> and then you're gonna start to talk about Fallout right like that for me is 
a bummer as somebody who loves fallout as somebody who would love to see more fallout you're telling me i had to wait that long for a fallout and then you have a fallout 76 that yeah it's supposed to be that okay cool this is gonna be the the ongoing thing that is going to keep fallout in the ecosystem that if you're a fan you come back to this and play but, but here's where i think sucks. we have an interesting difference <laughs> <laughs> true here's where we get a difference right where mm-hmm. i think if i'm xbox and again you know to many a degree not talking out my ass, but I am the PlayStation coverage guy. I know PlayStation really well. So I want to talk about gears and whatever. Like, I think there's a more insatiable appetite for Fallout than there is gears. Mm-hmm. And I think there's way more opportunity to say, all right, Obsidian, giddy up. Let's make a new Vegas 2. You know what I mean? You can, you can do that while they keep working on this. And by the time you're done with that and we publish that, then we're three years out from Fallout uh, 5. You know what yeah. I mean? And then you can get in that kind of rhythm if you wanted to. I think... You could do something fun there, even though it wouldn't be the true Bethesda games experience of it, the Todd Howard vision of it. I think that's an IP you could drop in and apply and be like, oh, yeah, there's more of that. And again, mm-hmm. I'm being selfish because I'm a Fallout fan. I'd be excited for that. Whereas a Gears game, from people can, fly, people can fly in a different genre or whatever. I'm not saying I wouldn't be like, eh, but it would be like, oh, Gears, all right. There's now, for me personally, as a non-Gears fan, I have to, is this going to actually grab me? Is this going to be something cool? Worst Fallout, I'm like, no matter what. Yeah. God, please, play, please make New, New Vegas too. I, the, Your mouth to God's ears. Like, then, then I, I had hope that we could get that until they then finally announced Outer Worlds 2, which I also like Outer Worlds a lot, and so I'm down for Outer Worlds 2. But you like it a lot. I liked it a lot, yeah. Okay. I, I even played the DLC. I didn't get oh, wow, okay. one, though, but yeah. Story number three. We got here everything announced at the Xbox Game Showcase Extended. Speaking of Xbox, this comes from Adam Bankhurst at IGN. Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty kicked off the Xbox Game Showcase Extended, and fans were treated to a deep dive of the expansion and a new look at Dogtown, which is described uh, as the underbelly of Night City. Keanu Reeves, who is returning as Johnny Silverhand, also stopped by the showcase to to discuss more about the expansion. He confirmed that, quote, shit's gone down in Dogtown. Shout out to Tina uh, Tina Amini, who was on that as well. Yeah. Killing it. Very big shout out to Tina Amini. Uh, Squanch Games announced High on Knife, a DLC expansion for High on Life that has some serious horror vibes to go with the game's focus on comedy. The Lamplighters League and the Tower of uh, the Tower at the End of the World got a brand new look, and it gave a glimpse of the game in action. The First Descendant, a free-to-play third-person looter shooter built on Unreal Engine 5, announced it would be getting a crossplay beta from August 22nd to the 28th. Hi-Fi Rush will be getting two new game modes on July 5th with the Arcade Challenge update, and they are BPM Rush and Power Up Tower Up. The first of these modes, BPM Rush, features high-speed gameplay that is faster than anything seen in the main game, and defeating enemies will cause that speed to skyrocket higher and higher until you are defeated. In Power Up Tower Up, Chai will see his skills downgraded to zero, and the goal is to defeat wave after wave of enemy to get powerful once again in this new rhythm tower. Alongside these new modes, the update will also bring in new songs, enemies, rewards, accessories, a costume pack with a retro vibe, and more. And then Phasmophobia is coming to consoles via early access this August. We also got deeper looks into the Elder Scrolls Online Necrom, Exoprimal, Microsoft Flight Sim, with the, uh, the Dune expansion, Go Mecha Ball, uh, Lies of P, Hellblade 2, Lightyear Frontier, 33 Immortals, Avowed, Towerborn, and Fallout 76. Greg, were there any news bits out of this extended showcase that popped out to you as something uh, exciting? No, but I I don't think there needed to be, right? I think the showcase is where you do the super exciting stuff and then you use this for the deep dives. I appreciate that quite a bit. Obviously, I I, high in life, or no, not high in life, um, 
Uh, Hi-Fi Rush. Hi-Fi Rush, thank you. Yeah. Uh, wasn't my jam, so I know I, we, I got to watch Tim react to that yesterday and be like, oh, okay, like this is like the least of what I wanted, but it's cool that I'm getting more. Like he wanted, you know, a new level or a new boss or whatever he was saying, but in general, no. I, I Nothing popped off the page for me. I'm excited to see, you know, uh, Xbox give this stage, though, for developers to talk about what they're doing. Of course, Paris Lily being out there and a cock can't cook jacket. Oh, pretty yeah. Cool. Shout out to that. Yeah, Hi-Fi Rush was the one that um, I think most uh, speaks to me, and I wish it was more. I, li- I listened to the show yesterday, and I, I know Tim uh, mentioned that like this is on the lower end of what we got to get get him hyped up, and I'm kind of with that. But it's something that I'd be down to jump into, right? Like especially in July, where where there's not a crazy amount of games happening in July. Um, maybe I'm gonna have time in the, uh, earlier in the month to to jump into that. And or then just yeah, take a break. Bless, take a break before oh, everything man. comes. Out. Video games—they're year round now. I got to play them all the time. <laughs> it's always review season. <laughs> um, and then High on Knife was one where, I, as soon as that came up, I was like, "Oh!" And I was like, "Oh man, Justin Roiland." You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> God damn, why you had to ruin it for everybody? Yeah, yeah, and so yeah. that bummed me out a little bit. But hey, it is what it is. Story number four. Lego 2K Goal has been rated in Goal! South Korea. Goal. Uh, this is Chris Scolian at Video Games Chronicle. A rating for LEGO 2K football game uh, has been spotted in South Korea. As reported by Komatsu, the Game Rating and Administration uh, Committee of Korea has given an all-ages rating to the game titled LEGO 2K Goal with multiple O's. Goal! (laughs) It also notes that the applicant was Take-Two Interactive. Given the game's title, LEGO 2K Goal Goal! is almost certainly a LEGO football game published by 2K. This oh, soccer game. This would yeah, soccer. Uh, this is America. Uh, this would finally confirm VGC's exclusive report from February 2022, in which we revealed that Lego was partnering with 2K for a new line of Lego sports games. At the time, people with knowledge of 2K's plans told us that the publisher had signed a new multi-game partnership with Lego, which was intended to start with a football game, uh, Soccer for the Americans, developed by Sumo Digital, and would then be followed by an open-world Lego racing game developed by Visual Concepts. Ultimately, the racing game, which was later revealed to be LEGO 2K Drive, was released first, meaning the newly discovered rating suggests LEGO 2K Goal will be, second, will be the second game in the deal. Cool. I thought I, I thought I'd be more into LEGO 2K Drive. Um, it had, I think, the double bummer of... Double bummer. <laughs> double bummer <laughs> of coming out after Zelda Tears of the Kingdom and me not caring about anything aside from zelda by the time it came out yeah uh and then also uh it was fine like i started playing and i was like okay yeah this is what you expect from a lego driving game and it's cool it has like that fun world to drive around in but also i could just play forza yeah (laughs) yeah, play any other open world driving game um but yeah like it's neat to see them making a a soccer slash football game i'm sure you and janet will play and argue about who's better at it all the time oh yeah and i'm gonna i'm gonna be better that's the the easy bet do you beat her often in fifa yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I believe she called me her white whale. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> but yeah, I'll pro- I'll probably try this once or twice and go. All right, cool. It's a Lego soccer game and yeah. move on with my life. Sure, but sure. Neat that they're making it. Like, yeah, try things out. Why not? Why not? Story number five. PS Five game streaming is here. This is directly from the PlayStation <gasps> blog. First off, we have very exciting news for the PlayStation Plus Premium member. Hail too deeply. <laughs> We're currently testing. That's why you got to stop smoking. Uh, we're currently testing cloud streaming for it. supported PS5 games. Cool. <laughs> this is you do look cool. Uh, this includes PS5 titles That's from fun. the PlayStation Plus game catalog and game trials, as well as supported digital PS5 titles that players own. Uh, 
When this feature launches, cloud game streaming for supported PS5 titles will be available for use directly on your PS5 console. That means as a premium member, it'll be easier to jump into your favorite games without downloading them first onto your PS5 console. Our goal is to add this goal! <laughs> is to add this as an additional benefit to PlayStation Plus Premium as part of our ongoing efforts to enhance the value of PlayStation Plus. We're in the early stages now, uh, and we can't wait to share more details when we get ready, uh, or when we're ready, including a launch time frame. Stay tuned. Now, here are, here are some of the games joining uh, the PlayStation Plus catalog next week. They got Far Cry 6, TMNT, Shredder's Revenge, Rogue Legacy 2. Full fucking stop! Bearing the lead, Rogue Legacy 2 coming to PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4 June 20th. Let's fucking go. We go to Gamatsu where Sal Romano writes, Cellador Games will release Rogue Legacy 2 for PlayStation 5 and PS4 on June 20th, the developer announced. The PlayStation release will feature all the latest content updates, bringing it in line with the existing Xbox and Switch and PC versions when it launches. This includes the final major update, Swan Song, which launched in April and added three new special game modes, three new Fable weapons and a new boss encounter fuck yeah blessing more finally yeah. getting wrong like two, fuck yeah I'm not gonna we're gonna play it totally on the thought beta it yeah. five forever ago did not realize yeah, the coming to the play, 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 play. Is there, are you gonna platinum is that the plan now keep zooming in vampire fucking survivors you are next get your little Fucking dead fingers on the keyboard and bring it to PlayStation! With a good trophy list and a platinum. With a good trophy list and a platinum. Inscription is coming to PS Plus, uh, PS4, and PS5 next week, along with Solstice, Tacoma, Deus Ex, Mankind Divided, Killing Floor 2, and a game trial for WWE 2K23. WWE! That'll be available on June 20th, and you can go and unlock Greg Miller as a manager card in yeah. my factions. Have fun oh, with that. For like another. 12 hours oh so maybe not next week <laughs> you get it now time. and then you yeah. know you gotta somehow get I, you know, I don't know refund it i don't know how you do it but you're yeah. gonna well now, will i maybe have a code for you guys eventually i probably have a code. i mean I, could you come back in rotation probably yeah but that day is just so far away yeah if i wanted to come out to mom drop shops today where would i look the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the kind of funny games daily show hosts each and every weekday. Out today, we got Dubium Early Access for PC, Creature Lab for PC, and Daydream Forgotten Sorrow for PC. New dates for you. Blackout Protocol will launch Early Access July 19th on Steam. Might and Magic Clash of Heroes Definitive Edition launches July 20th, PC and consoles. And Enclave HD arrives on consoles June 29th. Uh, now it's time for counterfunny.com slash you're wrong. Sorry, sorry, right there in the YouTube chat. Uh, Barrett uh, Rodolph says uh, PlayStation does not need vampire survivors. Please time him out. Was that on Twitch or YouTube? That was on YouTube. That was okay. on YouTube. Uh, you're wrong. The Portland Kevin writes in and says the common idea Greg was thinking of is quote when producing something, it is wanted fast at low cost and high quality, but you can only get it with two of the fast, three cheap, aspects. Good. And that's it. Counterfunny.com slash you're wrong. Thank you very much. Thank you, Brian. It means a lot to me. Yeah. Tomorrow's hosts. Greg, am I able to announce tomorrow's hosts? Uh, I think it's a lock, but Tim wanted it to still. So there's a very special guest tomorrow as a host. You're getting Tim and a very special guest. And on Friday, it's going to be Tim and Greg Miller. The most special guest. If you're watching live after this, Mike's going to come through. I'm going to talk to you and answer some of your YouTube Super Chat questions. Of course, this 
has been Kind of Funny Games daily, each and a weekday live right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. Till next time, game daily. <laughs>